0: This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. This is tying in my message. These are some pictures I took last Sunday after the service. I went out and picked some blackberries. That is not a blackberry. That is a picture of the neediest dog in Wales. Okay, so if anybody, <laughs> the second idiot, All of you are going, no, Andrea, mine beats yours. No, that is a picture of, this is Pippa. Oh, I know, she, I love her so much. Don't even start me, I just love her. She's a border collie. She's about a third of the size of a normal border collie because she's the rent of the litter, but we love her all the same. So move on, so there's the fruit. Now, can you guess what I'm speaking about today? Fruit! <laughs> is an extra gold star from Jesus to you Sharon, right? So here we are, this Banks are awash with blackberries at the moment. Whether it's because it's been so dry, I don't know. But they were just billions of them in varying stages of ripeness. And it just got me thinking about how we are meant to be in Christ Jesus, okay? Oh, it's seamless. This is what I do, people. This is what I do. Never switched off. Always on duty for Jesus. Come on, right? So when you're picking blackberries, you're like that. God, speak to me. I do my best work with that dog, I tell you. You've got emotional health stuff you need to process. Take a dog for a walk for hours and just let it filter through you, honestly. And there I was with the banks. Now, what I will point out here is I was deadly serious when I said I think it should be an extreme sport. Because something grips you when you're in the presence of blackberries and a bramble, doesn't it? And before you know what you're going, get me that stick. And hold my leg. You know, and, and, you're, and you're like this, and you come home bloodied with your prize, don't you? With thorns galore and blood cascade. I lost an arm doing this. right? You know, and you're just thinking, <laughs> but it was worth it. Because what do we do with our fruit when we've picked it? We eat it. What else do we do? We give it to others, don't we? We make something out of it. We create something out of it and we feed other people with it. Hold all of this in mind as we proceed through the scriptures, church. So I think that's the last one. Look at her. Look at her on a lead, love her. Can't let her off. Can't let her off. She goes. She bolts because she's so frightened of everything. Black bags, not blue bags, clearly, because that would be crazy. Trombones, yes. Yes, trombones. Who knew? The last post when it plays. Uh, Other dogs, other humans everything everything she's frightened of everything there we are so she can't ever be off a lead is that the last picture Lee yes do you want to enjoy Pippa a bit more oh it's heartbreaking she's heartbreaking there we go goodbye Pippa take her away Lee or I'll never get through this word right we are called we are called and set apart in Christ Jesus as Christians do you believe that Amen. Do you believe that you are set apart as a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people for purpose in Christ Jesus? Amen. Amen. Just you. Now, the rest of you, this is what we're talking about today. So your identity, purpose, and self-worth is entirely bound up in Jesus as a Christian, not in anything else. Yes? Would you agree? So today, what... And, and, you know what? God's taking me through some stuff myself personally, and every reading I'm having is about this, where you start to unpick anything else that you are finding your identity, purpose, and self-worth in. God's taking me through some stuff, and that's what I'm going to share with you, okay? But it's everything. So we need to examine every aspect of our lives and see where we are not anchored in Christ. Amen? Because we should be producing fruit in every aspect of our lives. Your fruit here in church, marvellous, marvellous. What about your fruit at home? Yeah? Young people, you are producing fruit galore, displaying fruit galore in Rock Nations. What about the day you got home? Do you see what I'm saying? Ladies, when we go to Cherish, it's easy to be in that environment, isn't it? And feel blessed and think, yeah, I have so much joy and peace right now for these two days in Leeds. And then I go home on the bus and I'm filled with turmoil and anxiety because my life is my life. So what I'm asking you to do today is to start to unpick every aspect of your life and see where we are not anchored in Christ Jesus, where we are not standing firmly on the rock of Jesus. It's about looking at stuff and thinking, do you know what? There's no more introspection, only looking upwards at Jesus. I'm only focusing on what he says about me, not what other people say about me. I'm only focusing about what he says about my situation, not what others say about my situation. I'm only focusing on what he wants for my life and my purpose not what other people say I should do because people like you don't get to do stuff like that, amen this is a place of empowerment it is a place of absolute victory through Christ Jesus and I want us to examine and think, am I victorious in my life am I living in the kingdom of God I leave that with you I can't answer it for you friends I'd love to be able to point at every one of you and say, well, you're doing this, you're doing this. Do you know what? This is an issue of your heart. You need to answer those questions. We need to be honest and real with each other, but mostly with Jesus, because you can lie to me. You can present an image to me, a facade to me, a, a projection to me of what you want me to see. And you know what? I get why we do that. We all do it because we all have reasonable needs to be loved and liked by other people. So we don't want them to see the ugly bits of us. So we will make them see the good bits of us. Even if those good bits aren't real, that's what we will project to you. Because what I need is for you to resonate with that bit of me and not see the other bit that I'm deadly ashamed of. Because that bit hurts me. And that bit keeps me where I am. I need to produce fruit everywhere. You need to produce fruit everywhere because your fruit is not just for you, it's for others. Ultimately, all of it is for the glory of God. But if you have fruit, you are chosen to share it. So we start with point one. I've only got three points. Am I talking really fast today? Well, I'm not changing. I mean, I'm just checking if I am, you know. Right, here we go, okay? Okay. You are chosen to bear fruit. The first scripture going up is from Matthew. Yeah, Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 to 10. These are the words of John the Baptist. The fruit that we are chosen to produce is fruit in keeping with repentance. Amen. Amen, Andrea. Okay, these are tough words. But this is real talk today, okay? I love you too much to flimflam you and tell you a lord of old guff that you can walk out of here feeling absolutely top-notch about yourself and not think, I don't need to change. I'm doing it all. My goodness, I'm so marvelous. You know what? This is about Jesus, and Jesus would have us whole. And do you know what Jesus wants us to do? Tell other people about him. So if I can't tell people the reality of my life and show them Jesus in all his fullness, then I'm not doing what the Bible asks me to do. So this is real talk today. Is that okay? Here we go. So, number one, you are chosen to bear fruit. So, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming, this is John the Baptist, not Jesus, okay? So, John was a unique character, shall we say, in the Bible, but also in life. He wore camel skin and ate honey and locusts. That was John. So what he did was then, he was the herald of Jesus. He was the one setting the path up. He said, look, I lay a path for him. And when he comes, I'm not good enough to untie his sandals. So what I'm doing now is just ushering in what's to come. And when he comes, oh, my days, you better get ready for him. So he's telling all the religious people, the Pharisees and Sadducees, were the people who were consumed by religion and ritual, the show, of God, right? It's the show of God. If you have to tell someone you're a Christian, they don't pick it up by the way you act and are, there's something wrong. Do you get me? If I have to tell anyone I'm a Christian and then people think, really? I'd never have guessed. There's something wrong. Friends, there's something wrong. If you have to tell someone you're a Christian because they haven't picked it up. You with me? Okay. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptising, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? The coming wrath. We never think of Jesus in that way, do we? We never think of Jesus in terms of the coming wrath, where he separates wheat from chaff and good from bad and said, this is how you are if you're mine. This is how you are if you're not. We don't think of Jesus like that, do we? But Jesus is uncompromising in his dealings with us. You either love him, or you don't. He's either number one or he's nothing. That's how Jesus sees life. Are you with me? Because this stuff is the real stuff. Don't shilly-shally or flim-flam about with, "I'm a Christian on a Sunday, but I'll do what I like on a Monday." Are you with me? Jesus is either number one, or he isn't. Here we go. Produce fruit. In keeping with repentance. That's what he told the, re- the religious people. What is repentance? Repentance is an act. It's dynamic. It's where you walk a different path. You stop doing what you were doing and where you were going. You turn and now you only walk the path that Christ has aligned for you. Amen? Repentance is a dynamic act. The, re- the act of repentance changing is what is behoven upon us as Christians to do. So if you are a Christian, you become different. Now, behavior modification has a part to play in that. But actually, it is powering through you from the Holy Spirit so that the fruit you produce is not from the flesh. It's from the Holy Spirit. We'll talk a bit about that in a minute, okay? But where we're at right now is this. Do our actions match our words? If you say you are a repentant Christian, it's more than being sorry Right? We, hey, listen here now, right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You with me? And my sin is my sin. And what you've done is what you've done. But I can tell you this God has forgiven it all through Christ Jesus. And when He does that, what He asks you to do then is what Phil said last week. Now go and sin no more what you do is you walk a different path with christ jesus where you are different in it so it's choosing not to do the old stuff anymore if you are a christian you are different and that's what sets us apart from people our language is different The way we speak is different. Our lives are different. The way we are with people is different. You see, it's not what the world looks at and says is good. It's what God says is God. So we're not looking for good. We're looking for God. God isn't looking for lip service. He's looking for life service. Are you with me? So it's not about saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. It's singing, consume me. And then being different because you are now consumed by the Holy Spirit, not your fleshly desires and wants. Amen. When you sing consume me, you are saying, take that bit of me that you hate because it is sinful. Take it away from me. And God is saying, I've already forgiven it. You have everything you need for holy living. And now I empower you to walk the path I want you to walk. And as you walk that path, you will produce fruit. Your changed life is your fruit. Amen. So, when you say no to people who used to take advantage of you negatively because you are now empowered, because you have enough self worth to tell people you don't get to treat me like that anymore, you don't get to use my body in that way anymore, you don't get to do this to me anymore, then you are in a position of power where Jesus goes, Oh, you are mine. You are mine. And look at the fruit you are producing in keeping with the repentance that comes from Jesus Christ. Repentance is a choice. Right? Forgiveness is a choice. Loving people is a choice. Not as we would love them, but as God loves us. That's how we do it. These are the non-negotiables of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The hook that God will never let us wriggle off of is the lack of forgiveness. You with me? Because God is going, I sent my son to forgive you, and you won't forgive them for what they said. You won't forgive them for what they did. My son has forgiven you everything, but apparently you're bigger than my son. Come on, this is real talk, that's what we do. I am bigger than Jesus, so there are reasons why I possibly cannot forgive that person. We set ourselves up as gods in our own lives. Friends, that is not fruit. That is a place of unforgiveness. The Bible is very clear. If you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. That's the trade-off for unforgiveness. I don't want that trade-off. I don't want that trade-off. Listen, when somebody has been rotten to their core to you and you forgive them does not mean you then go out for dinner with them. Or you become their best friend, or they move into your spare room, it doesn't mean that you can legitimately cut that person off from your life, knowing that in your heart there is nothing but peace and love towards them. Do you get the difference? That's the God thing. You see? That's the God thing where we stand in a place of power through repentance. Amen? Is this not exciting? I think it's absolutely thrilling. Do you know, it's the most thrilling thing in the world. I don't for one second warrant the forgiveness Jesus Christ has given me. But do you know how kind he is? Do you know how gracious he is? He now says you can get to be that for other people, Andrea. Do you know how forgiven you feel right now? I let you do that to other people. We don't see it that way, though, do we? We don't see... Forgiveness is not letting people off the hook. Forgiveness is not saying it's okay. Forgiveness is not a free pass to do it to me again. Forgiveness is empowering me not to cripple myself and my life and my child's life through bitterness and resentment, which are the offshoot, negative, hideous fruits that come not from the spirit but from the flesh. Hallelujah. Release yourself today from the tyranny of those bitterness fruits, of those toxic fruits. They will keep you in chains, friends. We have an enemy who does not wish to see us prosper. He does not wish to see you planted in the house. He does not wish to see you fulfilling all your destiny in Christ Jesus. He does not wish to see you happy and at peace. Tell him today, I produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Amen. Amen. This is your life. Don't let anybody steal it from you when Jesus has given it back to you. You with me? Yeah. Oh, isn't it exciting? I tell you what, we become, when we do this, that thing that C.S. Lewis calls that extraordinary Christian, where we walk around in our ordinary lives. We're not Beyonce. Some of you aren't. Me, you know. Right, you know. I live that. That's probably half my problem. I live a Beyonce life in my head. Right. No, no. you know, Many of us may never become prime minister. We may never be chairman of the United Nations. We may never direct a part of the Star Wars franchise. That might never be the calling on our lives. But we are called to be the power of Christ through people's lives. Do you get it? You are extraordinary. You are powerful. Now I'm telling you, stop playing small. Stop letting other people put your light out. Stop letting those behaviours that creep in and keep you awake in the dead of night because you feel so guilty putting your light out. Let's be people who know who we are but who believe who Jesus says about us. Yeah? I know who I am. You don't have to point out my faults to me. I already know them. You know, you might have a few extra you want to bring to my attention, but, you know, I'm asking you in your grace and mercy not to. I know who I am. I know what I've done wrong. I know what I've been forgiven from. But you know what? Jesus loves me anyway. And he says, I've set you on this path, Andrea. People will try to knock you off, but you just do it. You just do it. You just do it because it's not your strength. It's mine. And every step you walk in that path of repentance is a bit of fruit growing inside you. Celebrate a day where you haven't done that stuff. Celebrate a day where you don't do that negative, negative stuff. Celebrate a day without gossiping. Celebrate a day without hitting. Celebrate a day without arguing and getting angry. Celebrate those things. Because when you're not doing them, you're growing fruit inside you to pass on to other people. You know what? It starts with an old proverb, isn't it? I'm sure it's not in the Bible. But you know A journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. If this journey is going to start, I can't start your journey for you. C'est impossible. I can't do it. But you can do it. And how do you do it right now, in this moment, in this place, repairing your heart, giving it to Jesus and saying, let's go. Let's go. Jesus is like, ah, come on, come on, come on. Follow me. Follow me. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, but that's how it has to be. No looking back. No looking back. That's behind you. That stuff's behind you. It's only the cross in front of you. Jesus is in front of you, going, come on. Come on. I've got all of this for you. I've got all of this for you. Now stop looking back. So you're chosen to bear fruit. Do you believe that? I hope I'm planting seeds in you today which get you to realize who you are in Christ Jesus. This is your identity and your calling. You have been chosen by God himself to bear fruit in the name of Christ Jesus. That's who you are. Amen. Amen. Point two. Oh, I was in through. Oh, I don't know what I've written down. I put these on. I can't see it. I mean, it's, it's utterly pointless. Here we go. Point two. You're not just chosen to bear fruit. You are expected to bear fruit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people like that. Uh, but possibly not me, Andrea, because, you know, nobody's ever expected anything of me. No, 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 no. No. You are expected to bear fruit. You a Christian? Any of you Christians here this morning? <laughs> Everyone's like that. I don't know anymore. Okay, if you're a Christian, you are expected to bear fruit. Now, we're going to put up the possibly most famous bit of the Bible. The verses around the fruit of the Spirit. This is who we are called to be. This is who we are. Let's read this. Okay? No, Galatians 5, literally. I'll grab my Bible. Oh, here we are. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Are you hearing this? Are you? No, no. You're you're listening to me reading it out. Are you hearing it this morning? Because there is a difference. Okay. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. You are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. I.e. there is no condemnation for those who are knowing Christ Jesus. Okay. Next bit. Okay. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Obvious obvious there is no two ways about this if this is going on it's not jesus you with me don't try and explain it away to me oh but the thing it's not jesus it's either one thing or the other it's either jesus or it ain't okay let's not kid ourselves that's where the devil's licking honey off his fingers she's doing this but i've told her it's all right If she'd read the Bible, she'd know. But she isn't. Hallelujah. Right. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery. These are quite old-fashioned words, aren't they? But I do love them because they're a bit scary. (laughs) Right. Idolatry and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. And envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. And the like. The list goes on. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. People think stuff goes wrong in their lives and God is not for for them. He's against them. But let me tell you what. It's our own actions that shut us out of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not something that's just going to happen to us in heaven. Right. You with me? For thine be the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. When we pray that, we're not saying one day I'll see the kingdom of God. God is saying, actually, open your eyes. The kingdom of God is here. It's now. It's now what are you doing? Where are you walking in the kingdom? If we're behaving according to the sinful nature, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. What that means is we will not be blessed. We will not see blessing. We will live in a world that's driven with strife. We will not be at peace. We will feel guilty. We will have all those negative emotions. Why? Because we're living in that sinful nature. When Jesus died at the cross, okay, he cut off from us that sinful nature. It says it in Galatians 5 and 6. You with me? Do you understand this? When Jesus died on the cross, that bit of us, if you say you're in Christ Jesus, died with Jesus. And it is replaced with the Holy Spirit that Jesus left for us, the comforter that he gave to us, the Holy Spirit, Christ in us. And the Holy Spirit brings its own fruit, its own reward, which are the things we've just read out. Yes? Joy, love, peace, long-suffering, long-suffering. Right? Self-control. All of those things are now what govern us got this so what we do when we act according to the sinful nature which we all have because we all have free will but when we give into it what we do is give that precedence in our life so God cannot bless it because he cannot bless sin right he can't God cannot be in the presence of sin. The one point in history where the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, was split. The only time it was ever dissolved, ever broken, was on the cross when Jesus took on the sin of all of us. And God says, I can't be here. God couldn't even be in the presence of his own son because he was carrying sin. And that's when Jesus cries out in anguish, why have you forsaken me? God hadn't just gone, Jesus had become sin. To forgive us our words. You with me? Yeah. So when we engage in those acts, God cannot bless it. You are still forgiven and there is always a route back. Are you, right, are you getting this? Right, we're not seeing you are consigned to hell, do you know, because you lost your temper again. Okay? That is not what saying. Everyone's like that, off flipping neck. I got I know you don't know how trying my kids are Andrea listen I live with Joe Parry right so you know don't tell me about exasperating teenagers okay but every time I give in to that craven nature God says I can't bless that but every time I say I will not get angry because that is not who I am in Christ Jesus it doesn't mean that I don't stand in a place of power and morality over my own life, but it means I don't give in to those base instincts. When we were doing this in youth, I explained this once to the youth group as, it's like Star Wars. I have been forced many a year to watch Star Wars. Please don't think I'm a sci-fi fan. For a minute, I'd rather lose teeth than watch any of those films, right? But you know, when you're a mother, you have to do this stuff. So you're sat there watching it, and it is a struggle between good and evil. So that's what's going on inside you. It's like Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader. Right? If Darth Vader walked in the dark lot, you know, if he walked in, you'd be like, I want nothing to do with him. You know, he's scary. You want nothing to do with him. But yet when it's inside us, we explain it away. Right? When we see good, if Jesus walked in here now, most of us would be like, oh my goodness, I don't deserve this. Our hearts would be drawn to him and he would be so forgiving. Our hearts would be filled with love and we would want to do our very best for him. We would want to serve him with excellence. He'd have the best cup of tea he's ever had. You know, we would be there. We would just want to be with him. That's what it's like within you. When you let that part of you grow, it gets bigger. You see, what we think sometimes is that evil desires are, are, are bigger than the Holy Spirit. They're not. They never are. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, is always, always, always bigger than anything you're feeling right he's always bigger than anything you're doing he's always bigger than any sin that may have been committed in the past he's bigger than all of it but yet within us when this battle rages Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker very often we let Darth Vader win because it's easier it's easier to shout and get angry than to step back and stop it is it is shouting's lovely sometimes isn't it oh I love a good shout isn't it I love a good shout I it. And then this happened. And then that happened. And I'm furious. You know, it's lovely to be angry because do you know what? When you're angry, your body produces chemicals. One of them is called nandrolone. And that makes your brain feel entirely justified in how you feel. It's the justification chemical. So you feel absolutely right about being angry. And in that time, you cannot understand understand why people might have an issue with it, how aggrieved they are, how they feel that the injustice of your fury unleashed against them, except for half an hour later when the nanderlons ebbed out of your body and you feel really ashamed of what you've just done, and really sorry about what you've done, because these chemicals in our bodies are unforgiving. And uh, these chemicals in our body are a reaction to a physical process, which is why when we take it back to the Bible, I read it last time, Philippians tells us, focus on everything that's lovely. I'll tell you why, because you focus on everything that's not, you are going to feel awful. And keep feeling awful, you will. But the Spirit tells us to feel love, joy, peace. You know what? Embrace holiness and obedience. Embrace it. It's the way forward. You know, there are other verses in the Bible. You know, I'm thinking of John 15 about the vine. You stay in me, I stay in you. So Jesus says. Stay in me. Grow in me. Breathe in me. Produce fruit in me. If you do that, I'm with you. To at the ends of the age. But when we pull away from the vine, which is Jesus, the fruit we produce is not good fruit. Do you know, there's a scary verse in the Bible. I didn't read this out because I was feeling kind. I'm not anymore. I am... Um, You can have it between the eyes. But there's a verse in the Bible where John the Baptist goes on to say, do you know what? Any tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and burnt. We are expected to choose to bear fruit. We are expected to bear it. Friends, let's not be in a position where we get to see Jesus and he goes, and what did you do? What was that? I'm like, well, the thing is, Lord, they've been really mean to me. And I... Um, I yeah. You know, all our excuses will fall pretty short on that day. Won't they? Won't they? Our lives are so much more precious to Jesus and our world is so much more bigger than we think. We just have to submit it to him. We've just sung it. I surrender to your glory for your glory. Now... I'm presuming we all meant it because we're sincere, aren't we? But doing it is a totally different. It's a minefield, isn't it? But when you surrender to God's glory, that is the good nature that is now at law within us. When we surrender to that, it's for His glory, but ultimately then we become His glory. Do you see? Do you see? So we're not doing it for us. We're doing it for God. Do you know what? It was never about you and that person in the first place. It was always about you and God. So when they're coming back at you, trying to cut you down, it was never about you and them. It was always about you and God. That's where our focus is. That's why it's so important not to shift our focus. Because it was never about you and other people. And what they did to you. You with me? Oh, my days. What time is it? I could go on forever. I might go on forever. Let's grab, a, let's grab a sandwich. Right? Okay. Ten minutes. It is necessary for us to bear fruit. This is point three. It is necessary for us to bear fruit. Why? Because when we bear fruit, we feed other people. Yes? And the hierarchy in terms of the Christian life goes thus. God, others, me. That's how we view our world. That's how we should view our world. Not me, me. Me. Everyone's like that. Oh, not me, Andrea. I'm far more godly than you. You are a liar. Right? Because very often we look at our lives and I say, God, slash me. Others, slash me. Me, slash me. You know? That's how I... You, we need to be reframing our life. Rock Nations this year was all about reframing how young people view with their lives. And one of the lines they were told is, you are the workmanship of God you know what, so we're teaching, young people are getting it, young people aren't ashamed to put on their Instagram posts or in their bios, saved by grace, follower of Jesus, I love Jesus, adults not so much, because we still fear what people might think about us, Will they think we're a little bit strange, I go back to my initial point, do people in your world know you're a Christian, do they know I'm a Christian, because shame on me if they don't, and I need to put that right, don't I, So all of this stuff, you are chosen to bear fruit, you are expected to bear fruit, it is necessary to bear fruit. Our fruit is sacrificial. Phil said this morning, let's give a sacrifice of praise. Uh, The fruit that we produce is sacrificial because we give it away to others. If you want some peace in your life, serious talk. You feeling all churned up and anxious, you want some peace in your life, go and be a peace bringer to someone else. You feeling starved of kindness, go and be kind to someone else feeling starved of love, like you're unworthy and in love, go and love on someone else. Yeah. 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 All of this stuff. We are not meant to keep this stuff to ourselves. If your life is lovely, I am so happy for you. Now go and share that with someone else. You know, let's not look for people to do for us so that we feel better, so that we can do something. Let's be the kind of people whose fruit is so evident that even when we're on our knees, we're thinking of other people. You with me? When you're down and you're on your knees and you're broken, but God lifts your chin and says, look how hurt my people are. Go and show them I love them. You know I love you. Now go and show people I love them. That's what Jesus wants from us. That sacrificial fruit. When you're tired, when your heart is old and dusty and feels like it's worn out at the knees, when you don't think you can go on another second, when the unkindnesses that people have dripped upon your life almost break you, that is when you look heavenward and say, what can I do for other people? Are you with me? Do you see what I'm saying? Because the fruit in you was never for you was never for you alone don't look at your world and think well if only i was preaching if only i was leading worship if only they asked me to take the wine around incidentally this morning and last week nobody got asked to take the wine around when phil said can the service come people are like well let's just go do you know what i would like to see now next sunday every single person stands up and goes i'll do it because that's where we're at right because we're not thinking well nobody's asked me And I said nobody asked why are you waiting to be asked to do something why are you waiting to be asked to love someone why are you waiting to be asked to be kind to someone just do it just be it just be it isn't that what we are our fruit is produced by the holy spirit not by our flesh so the peace i feel was never about you making me feel peaceful It was about me seeing an example of God in my life that helped me engage closer with Jesus. It is not about um, me being so introspective and looking at myself and seeing all the broken bits that need to be fixed and how am I going to do that. It's about me knowing that my broken bits are there and going, now what can I do to help other people? Are you right? Do you know, for example... You know what? It's easy for me to stand here as a single parent and tell you about all the terrible things that happened to me because I'm a single parent and all the, you know, (laughs) it's been so discriminatory for me. People in do with that. Do you know what? I will not have that label put upon me and my son's life. Do you know why? I know who I am. God knows who I am. And we're very fine. Thank you for that. So, why does anybody need to tell me I'm good enough to do something? God says I'm his perfect creation. Judge me at your will, judge me at your peril. <laughs> but I know my life. So, any single parents in here today, you are not second best and neither are your children. Amen. Amen. You know what? There's an ideal. I absolutely believe in the biblical ideal for for raising children. I absolutely do. But for some of us, that's not our reality. But you know what God says? God says, so what? God says, so what if you're divorced? God says, so what if you've got children and you're not married? God says, so what? Now go and sin no more. Right? Now, Andrea, I've got work for you. But go and sin no more. Fine. Okay. I won't. And you watch the power of God flood your life. You watch the power of God ring. You won't be able to hold the blessings He's given you. So, do you know what you do when you can't hold them? You chuck them at other people. The power of God. This is what an open heaven is, where we're thinking, I'm waiting for prayer to an be answered, I'm waiting for prayer to be answered, I'm waiting for prayer to be answered, and I'm in a place of anxiety because of it. No, just loving other people. Encounter God, love your blessings. I love all the blessings I've got. I'm not ashamed of the blessings God's given me. I'll tell you all about them. And you know what? Then I'll pray it blesses you. Because when you're in a place of empowerment in your life, recognizing that it's all about Jesus and comes from Jesus, your world changes. How? Because you're different in it. Oh, amen. Listen. This stuff is real. People will try to put you in a box. The way of the twenty-first century is, is that we have to define ourselves. Yeah, everybody has to be something. Yeah, I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm a. I'm a. Uh, I'm a vegan. Not that there's anything wrong with vegans. I don't know why that came up. You know, I'm. A, <laughs> you know, I know. Whoa. You know what? The internet will blow up. She's anti-vegan. I'm not. But. Why? Okay, just don't eat meat and dairy products. That's fine. That's fine. Why do we all have to be something? We all have to define ourselves. Oh, I'm a single parent. No, I'm Andrea. Nice to meet you. You know what? I don't look at you and think, oh, they're divorced. They're a single parent. They're a widower. They've got mental health issues. They've got emotional health issues. They've got a physical... I don't look at any of you like that. I just look at you and see friends. I look at you and see friends. I look at you and see people that God loves. So let's reframe the way we look at people by changing the way we look at ourselves. The lens which you look at yourself now is the lens of Jesus Christ. You are called into this position. You are called into royal position. And you are chosen to bear fruit in Jesus. You are expected to bear fruit in Jesus. And it is necessary that you bear fruit in Jesus. Why? Because it benefits other people. Listen, you're thinking now, excellent, I'm gonna do all of this. I got it all planted, Andrea, the seeds in. Good, do the same on social media. Yeah? When we're feeling this and we're living our life, good, be that person on social media as well. You with me? We have personas. We have personas. I'm this person here. And then I read some of the stuff. Now, the youth, no, we will inbox them and say, you need to take that down. That's not you. You're angry right now. You're hurt right now. You're drunk right now. (laughs) Take that down because that's there forever. And you are not that person. That doesn't honor you. That doesn't honor the people in your life. And it certainly doesn't honor God. Do you know what we don't do? Is inbox our adults and say it come on we don't inbox adults and say take that down, that's not you that's not you what's going on stop that stop that, what's going on in your life right now can we help with anything be careful about the persona you want to put out there because for a lot of people all they see is a digital footprint so that's what they think you are the victory in Christ extends to Instagram Right? Your victory in Christ extends to Instagram. It extends to Facebook. Your victory in Christ surpasses all of it. So let's start living that, you know? I want to leave you this thought, okay? This is fundamental stuff, isn't it? I think this is fundamental belief stuff. It is gospel stuff, and we are gospel people in this church, aren't we? The good news of Jesus Christ. Okay? So what does this fruit-bearing stuff mean in terms of your salvation? You need to remember God planned it. Jesus accomplished it. The Holy Spirit makes it real in our lives. Amen? That's the way it goes. And in terms of our fruit, God chose you to bear it. Jesus cultivates it within you. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps you put it out to other people. Yeah? It's a a thing of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It is a thing where everything that we do Everything that we do to make Jesus evident in our lives is for him, through him and about him. Right? It was never about you. (laughs) Sorry, egos. What's that? That's the delicate sound of some egos breaking right there. Shattering. Shattering illusions. It was never about you. Sorry, your life was never about you. It was all about Jesus. And that's what he wants. He wants that for your life, not so that he can be some megalomaniac in it, but so that you can be whole in it. He wants your life committed to him so that you get to live it. Not be a victim of it, not be chained up in it, not be enslaved by it or enslaved to other people because of it. He wants to be number one in your life because he wants you to live it. Friends, have a fantastic week. If I've challenged you and you need to talk to me, please come and talk to me. Please don't talk about me. (laughs) Please come and talk to me because when we dialogue, we understand each other, don't we? And anybody in this church, the leadership in this church, find someone that you can talk to, be accountable to. If you need prayer right now, that is what we are about. That's the way we are. We want to be with you. We want to abide with you. We want to see you. Oh, do you know what my least favorite thing? expression but I'm going to say it we want to see you living your best life we want to see you living your best life for Christ Jesus and if there are things that you are finding impossible to get over Jesus is here right now and we will I pray the father pray the father that he heals hearts right now that he mends broken spirits right now that he removes bitterness and dissensions that we feel strong and empowered and victorious in christ jesus to live our lives for him and through him to the glory of god the father amen have a great week everyone amen